everybody. Welcome back to That So Original Podcast. This is Tiffany, and I'm here with Kelly. Hi. Hi. What are we doing this week? This week, we are doing Honey Boy. This movie was, I decided we had been over at Netflix for a couple of weeks and I was tired of Netflix. We needed something new. So I just went over to Amazon and started scrolling through and I saw the picture of the boy. It like triggered a memory of that. Oh, that's the Shia LaBeouf movie. So I watched the trailer, which you just heard, and I was sold. So here we are. We are talking about Honey Boy this week. And as I just said, it was written by Shia LaBeouf and also stars Shia LaBeouf. It is directed by Alma Harrell is how I want to pronounce her name. And she is a gorgeous redhead. Holla! (laughs) And she is well known for documentaries and shorts and that type of thing. Amazing. Unlike Kelly, I watched this movie when it came out because I'm a hipster and I was there before it was cool. No. <laughs> I watched it a while ago. I loved it a while ago and let's get into it. Yes. We open up on it's uh, Lucas Hedges who is playing Otis, which is Shia LaBeouf. Um, and he is filming a scene, according to the film clapper, it's 2005 and he is being filmed which we can kind of assume that it's for like a transform, like the Transformers movies that That's he was in. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, he is getting blown up 
over and over. He is in a, what is that, like a flak vest kind of deal, and it's got a, a safety harness on the back, so every time it blows up, it yanks him backwards, and he's flying through the air. He gets done with his scene, you know, he's covered in dirt, and he goes back to his trailer, and he starts drinking because he can't get this stupid vest off. It needs to be unhooked from the back, he's by himself, and he's getting so damn frustrated, and it's kind of, there's a bunch of flashes, and you're just kind of getting the gist of who Otis is at this time in his life. Flashing back and forth from different film sets that he's on, you see um, it flashes to, which I assume is the Moonshine movie that Shia was in with Tom Hardy called Lawless. Yeah. So there's a little there's a little flash of that, which if you look in the background or look up that movie, they had a whole bunch. Like I'd heard about it before that Shia LaBeouf and Tom Hardy consistently had fistfights on the set. They never got along. Otis slash Shia at this time is, is rough. Things are bad in his life. And then we see some flashes to him getting arrested. And Shia at this time was arrested in Walgreens of all places for being drunk, drunk and disorderly. <laughs> And then he's driving in a car with some little blonde girl and he wrecks the car and like destroys his hand, which we know happened to Shia because if you watch Transformers 2, like me and my kids did all a hundred times. Love it. He had to wear a cast and his character had to wear a cast at movie because he fucked up his hand so bad. But I, I think it's funny is that they, they show him, the cops are throwing him down, you know, on the hood of a car and he's saying, you don't know how good I am at what I do. And his voice and the way he speaks, it's like, Shia LaBeouf they're like the same person and it was super scary but if you know um Lucas Hedges he was playing Otis he is amazing he's like a he's real young really good actor have you seen Manchester by the Sea I was just gonna say that yes oh that movie rips my heart out but he's so damn good in it and he's good in everything he's um what's that other one Boy Erased he was really good in that yeah yes Boy Erased uh, ben is back. Yes, um, yes, oh, yes. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. He's going to go far. He's, I see him getting an Oscar. But anyway, he was sorry, go ahead. Nominated, oh, he was nominated for the um, Academy Award, I think, for Manchester by the Sea, right? He very well could have been. I couldn't watch it a second time because it's just, whew, rip your face off. It's so bad. Bad. Good. You know, words. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the whole point of this first little flashy scene is that Otis is walking a fine line of dangerousness and he gets sent to rehab. Yes. So we see him being led through this huge house. This is, uh, this is one of the celebrity rehab Mm, places for sure. This place is nice. And someone is telling Otis, this is your third drunken altercation with the police. You have to stay here. Cause I guess Otis is like, well, you know, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this rehab thing. Uh, They say, if you leave, you're going to go to prison for four years. And so it looks like he's made some kind of deal where if he sticks to this, uh, however long rehab stint, he can avoid going to prison. And real, real life Shia went to head camp. He had to go to this head camp. Otherwise, he faced seven years in prison. Uh, He's led to his room and meets his roommate, who I love. And at the same time, we hear a voiceover and some footage of him talking to a woman. She wants him to write down his memories, write down things that make him angry so they can work on avoiding traumatic triggers. Then she tells him that she's looked at all his tests and that he clearly has signs of PTSD, which he vehemently denies and asks from what? 
And it looks like we are about to find out. Yeah. This therapist counselor is Laura San Giacomo from Pretty Woman. She's Kit from Pretty Woman. What? Yeah. I knew I recognized yes. her. And Sex Lies videotape. And she was on that TV show, Just Shoot Me. Gosh. Yeah. her. As soon as I saw her face, I was like, I know her from somewhere. But I could not place her. And now you say that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. got, she knows some stuff. But so we, we flash back because Otis is saying, you know, what can I possibly have PTSD from? Well, we find out that um, mm. no, young, we flash to young Otis, who's played on Noah Jupe. He was in A Quiet Place and he was Jack in Wonder, which my kids really like too. And he's 12 and he's freaking phenomenal. He's, you yes, know, he's, he's, well, he's, I think, I don't think he's playing. Otis. I don't know if he's 12, but right. he's. He's playing, well, he's playing Otis at 12, but we see him and it's kind of a flashback to how older Otis was getting repeatedly blown up. Young Otis is getting repeatedly hit over and over with a pie. And we are on the set of like some Even Stevens show that that Shia was on, his first big break on the Disney channel. I didn't watch that show. It was after me. me, So I, yes, but I'm, I'm aware of it. At the end, he, he walks upset. He's cleaning off his head, just like older Otis was. And he's also stuck in this harness because he was being flung backwards during his little scene. And he's going to find his dad. And he asks his dad, loosen my harness, best thing. But dad's too busy bragging about his chicken act that he had at one time. And dad, James, is played by Shia LaBeouf. He's wearing this big bandana and these giant glasses and he's got long hair and he's completely unrecognizable. And poor dad is, dad's a mess. Dad is dad's a, really got away with the ladies. Yeah, dad is is chatting up this, like, she's probably a PA on the set. And he's asking her, you know, what's the white spot in the center of chicken poop? It's chicken poop. But I'm just. Yeah. And oh, poor Otis. He's like, I'm done for the day, dad. I just want to go home. Dad's bragging about, well, I was this big rodeo clown and blur, blur, blur. and they hop on dad's motorcycle and otis is holding on to his dad and they go home and you can just kind of get from the jump that dad is reckless and very self-absorbed yeah so you can tell that otis is exhausted because he almost falls asleep propped up against his father's back a couple of times on this ride home and they pull into a motel parking lot but it seems like it's kind of been converted to be rentals, like short-term slash long-term rentals. Yeah, we have we, a place in town like that. Yeah, we do. We do the pay-by-the-week motels we have around here too. Yeah. So. It's it's pretty much a dive. But anyway, suddenly we're talking about the size of a twelve-year-old's penis, and then we're talking about rodeos. And Otis is just trying to read over his lines, and his his dad just keeps talking about. Um, you know, I won't go into a real rodeo. And Otis is like, well, I went to a rodeo. And he's like, oh, yeah, who took you to a a rodeo? Well, a guy named Tom took him to a rodeo. And whoever Tom is, you know, right off the bat that Otis's dad does not like this guy. And we'll find out later who he is. Uh, Otis's dad says, well, Tom took you to a fair, not a rodeo. I'll take you to a real rodeo, blah, blah. So they walk over to the laundry rooms or going to get his dad's socks, which I didn't understand the significance of at first, but I guess they use them to juggle. 
But he's telling his dad he wants to go to a Dodgers game. He's going after. He's done on set tomorrow. He needs some money for food. And it comes out that Tom is the one that is driving he and his friend to the game. And yet again, dad not happy about that. Well, yeah, but going back to when dad's talking about the size of his penis, because it comes back later. Yes. One thing is this, this shitty hotel is filled with prostitutes. So it's it's a place for, a, you know, an hour with a prostitute, whatever deal there, too. And Otis is peeing. And his dad's like, that's just a little baby trickle. You can thank your mom for that. And then dad goes in and pees and pees a whole bunch. And he's like, it's ridiculous. So that they're talking about size of penises. So weird. <laughs> I was just so sad that he's on this TV show and he lives in a shithole and no one is caring for him. And his dad is making him juggle. And every time he drops one, he has to do push-ups. And it's just this weird dynamic between the two of them. And dad's talking about that, you know, he goes to AE meetings, he's four years sober. And he wants to meet this Tom because he wants to make sure he's not a pedophile and that he's doing something. He's not a chicken hawk is what he's calls him. And... There's this big conversation about how Otis's mom has a job just in case his acting career falls through. And dad resents that because he says, you know, she thinks that you're a failure. I'm here to pump you full of strength, not fear. I'm your cheerleader, honey boy. <sighs> dad. But they have this conversation as they're learn they're you know, they're they're trying to learn lines and dad says, I'll give you this entire pack of cigarettes, but you have to smoke them in the bathroom so no one thinks I'm a shit father. Spoiler alert. Everyone thinks you're a shit father. (laughs) But it comes out that Tom is Otis's big brother from the Big Brother program. His mom signed him up because she wanted a good influence in his life, which mom is problematic as it is, but at least this was something. Um, But dad wants to meet him because he thinks this is showing people that he's a shit father because he has a father in his life. Why does he need a big brother? Right. We will find out why, because... So many reasons. Yeah. Before the next big scene, we've seen a, a home video of Dad doing his rodeo clown act with Henrietta LaFowle, who is his trained chicken, and she's the world's first daredevil chicken, because he blows her up. It's very weird. It's a rodeo thing I don't get, but Dad is quite proud of it. She sits on his butt while he does a headstand, so... Yeah, and then she jumps into a KFC bucket, and... (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, we are back in the present, well, 2005, Otis, and he is running on a treadmill at speeds that should be illegal, quite frankly. And there's also, apparently, a really nice pool here, and there's knitting. I was like, do they take burnout moms here? Because this place (laughs) is lit. So anyway, therapy seems to be going super awesome, and he and his roommate work out in the chicken coops, cleaning up the chicken poop. It all comes back to chickens in Mm -hmm. this movie, it seems like. So it's nighttime, and they're both in their room, and Otis gets up to go to the bathroom, which has a pocket door. And let me tell you something about pocket doors. Fuck pocket doors, because they all end up like that one off of the track and you can't fix them our old house had nothing but pocket doors it was hell anyway and they don't and ours the lock broke and i walked it on my dad's no. bathroom yeah so. you can't lock a pocket door as soon as that thing's a millimeter off forget it you're not getting that latch they anyway suck. 
So he's peeing as one does in the bathroom. And I guess that brings up the memory about talking to his dad about his pencil dick. So <laughs> we, okay. so we cut back to Otis in 1995 and it's time for his 6 a.m. call. So it's, it's really, really early. He's making coffee for his dad. He gets stressed. He walks out and I was like, who took him to set? Maybe Tom came and got him because his dad is fooling around with a paperclip. He's bending it and we see that he's using it to pick a lock on a fence and he's wearing like a highway patrol vest with the reflective strips on it so he looks legit and we're cutting between scenes of Otis in his movie set trailer, Otis's dad at an AA meeting, and then his dad on the side of the road behind this fence and he's digging and planting something. So Otis eventually walks off of the set. He's done. He's waiting for his dad to pick him up. And I thought he was going to a baseball game, but I don't know. Maybe this is a different day. Anyway. Yeah, I was confused by that too. But. Yeah. But I guess eventually I said somebody picks somebody up from somewhere because Otis and his dad are now uh, going to buy chicken tacos from a taco truck. And as they walk up, towards the truck they're holding hands but as they get closer to everyone standing around the truck and seated at the tables around the truck james lets go of otis's hand and as they're sitting there ordering otis is getting recognized by the other people who are eating there which really turns otis's dad green because he's so jealous that otis is getting the recognition and that he so desperately wanted he he says i wish i was famous like you yeah he says i wish i was famous he says something about like i wish i was fate you're you're like dolly parton and then yeah the the kid laughs and he's like dolly parton's got her shit together she has her own theme park you don't have a theme park (laughs) dolly parton is amazing we love you dolly i do love dolly but it's it's so sad when he's he's working out at rehab he's pushing himself as hard as his dad used to push him is what i got Mm -hmm. from that is that he's that's the only way to, like, get through this. And they just have the weirdest relationship. And the dad's wearing a combat veteran POW vest. I totally didn't get the fact that he was wearing that reflective vest to not look shady. I don't I yeah. don't know what I thought he was doing, but I didn't catch that. So, good on you. Thank you. Now, Dad James is sitting outside their little motel room. And he is miming for this very, very young prostitute that's sitting outside her room. And he's doing all this mime stuff, and and she just looks at him and goes, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, Daddy, uh, uh-uh. uh, like no." And then he's rubbing the handle of his motorcycle very suggestively, and then uh, you look over uh, and the girl's gone. Like, yeah, fuck this, you're crazy. I don't. She mm, was not impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it gets real weird here. Is that um next thing we know is Tom's driving up into the motel, and he's got a fancy, nice, classic truck, and he's bringing Otis home. And he gets out, and he. this is when D- Tom and Dad are going to be introduced to each other. Because this was the, the deal that Otis and Dad made, is that he had to meet Tom. And Dad's trying to pretend like he knows a lot about trucks. And Tom's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not what it was at all. Mm-mm, you don't know this, this kind of engine. You don't know anything. I don't know. Tom's being as nice as he can, and Dad is just being an obnoxious shit. Yep. And as they go to walk to the pool because Dad James is grilling out there. And he's like, yeah, you know, Ford, you know what that means? Found on the road, dead. And Tom's like, uh-huh. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? 
I don't know. I've I, I've never driven a Ford, but I, my husband did, and it was poopy. I'm driving a Ford right now, twelve thousand <laughs> miles. The wheel bearings are going. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So they're talking, they're kind of chatting, and Dad says to Tom, "You're FBI or something, right?" And Tom's like, "Well, no, not really. I'm a I'm a passport specialist." And he's like, "Oh yeah, why why do you want to go do that?" And he's like, "Well, I'm." half Mexican so I'm invested and I wanted to help out my community and dad conveniently sends Otis to go get sodas go get go get some sodas so he can talk with Tom and Tom's telling him about how he graduated from Calvin in Grand Rapids my hometown all the good kids went to Calvin when I was in school because it's a very it's a Christian college I didn't go there (laughs) we had no doubt that you were uh, that you were not one of those good kids I was not because I have a potty mouth (laughs) In between the... Speaking of potty mouth. Yeah, there's some nastiness goes on here. In between... No, I didn't even write it down. It's so disgusting. I did, a little bit. While Dad and Tom are talking, Otis goes into this laundry room area where he's getting pops, and he runs into this girl, this prostitute, again, this young prostitute, and her name is Shy Girl, mm-hmm. um, played by FKA Twigs, in the, and she's getting yelled at by her mom, her pimp, her... Her name is Mama know. DJ. I don't. I don't think she's her real mom. I think she's no. I think she's the pimp. I think you're right. Madam or whatever they want to call yeah. her, or the head bitch yeah. in charge under the pimp, there you whatever. Go. And Otis is like, I, I like your jellies, and she's like, what? And he's like, your jelly shoes. And then they have a thumb war, and it's and it's just a cute little thing between the two of them. And Otis comes back, and he's smoking cigarettes in front of Tom, and you can kind of see Tom looking at him like, okay, what are you? You're a kid. You're tw- You shouldn't be smoking cigarettes. But your dad's here, and your dad's weird. So okay. Tom says the reason he got into be a big brother is that he wanted to be a father figure. He wanted to pay it forward, and because he had a twin sister that died, and blurdy blurdy. And dad says, you know what? I bet you if I ask him right now who he wants to be when he grows up, it's not gonna be me. It's gonna be you, Tom. And Tom's like, oh no. And he's certain. No, I don't believe that's true. And here comes James with all the help and fury. He says, I don't know what you heard about, heard about me, what you haven't heard. If I catch you around my son again, I will wrap your skull around your well-adjusted twin sister's dead corpse until my dick runs out the back of her half-Mexican body. Oh. Disgusting. Oh, James. Trash. And then he says, because Tom is wearing this nice leather jacket, which I don't know why. It's California and it was hot. And he says, take, yeah. your, take your father leather jacket off because it's hot out here and shoves him in the pool. And then yells at him, get your own damn kid and get your own damn sandwich. And Otis is like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I had this <laughs> one nice person in my life, and my dad's got to ruin that, too. Cool. I said, trauma one, Otis zero. Right. Exactly. for Otis. Horrors. So back in 2005 with older Otis sitting at the pool, and there is a counselor and a bunch of people in the pool. Martin and they're having a... Star. It's Martin Star is the counselor. I don't know who that is. Oh, did you ever watch Freaks and Geeks? No. Oh, you suck. No, I love no, you. No, I, I didn't. love you. It's just, I, I met him. My kids and I met him at, at Comic-Con. He was lovely. Anyways, continue Well, excuse me, Miss Celebrity. Okay, so they are... All these people are hugging themselves. They, like, have their hands up on their shoulders, on their opposite shoulders, and they're, like, hugging themselves, which I guess is supposed to comfort you. And the counselor says, come on into the pool. Come on, join our hug circle, Otis. So Otis gets in, and he's hugging himself, and he's like, well, you know, you can't just do this anywhere. You can't do this while you're driving a car. You can't do this in court. And isn't hugging, like, tickling yourself where 
you know, you can't really tickle yourself. Can you, can you really hug yourself and comfort yourself? Well, his roommate, who we find out is named Percy, is all about this self-hugging. <laughs> and the counselor says, Percy, you might be too good at this. Percy says, well, it's my fourth time in rehab. And I did do this in court. That's how I ended up here. Right. And, and Otis smiles. And and I love it because you can see the connection that, that they're having. And as uh, Otis gets out of the pool, uh, the, the counselor approaches him and suggests that he goes into the woods and screams as loud as he can. Otis is like, sure. Okay. Yeah. So later that night, he and Percy are hanging out. He tells Percy he has PTSD. Percy says, only soldiers and black people have that. <laughs> Otis starts talking about that he has to do this time in this rehab center. And Percy's like, let's put the brakes on that. Let me tell you about my cousin who is in prison for eight years. He's like, look around you, man. We're basically at a spa. We're hugging ourselves. Like, he basically was just like, shut the fuck up. But like, in a really nice, understanding way. But I thought the, he says funny little bit is that he says, my cousin's in prison and I get to be in rehab <laughs> knitting and shit. Listen to you bitch about time. And Otis, <laughs> Otis comes back with, you should send him a scarf. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Percy's like, well, I'm in a pool hugging myself and my cousin's in prison. Right. So we cut to Otis juggling in his room and he's really good. So mm-hmm. I guess all that sock practice when he was younger paid off. He drops one on the floor and finds a chicken under the bed was that what that was something there but if you because I, I was so thrown off by this but there's like yeah there's knitting thread whatever that is yarn hanging all yes. over the room so. knitting thread oh my god <laughs> <laughs> holy shit okay okay so yeah he finds this chicken in the room and that triggers a memory because we hear otis's father say i can't get sober for you otis and 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 it it's hard to tell if maybe that triggered the memory at that moment and then later on he's sleeping and and also dreams of that it's kind of hard to tell in the transition but he wakes up so you know that he was having a dream maybe about that conversation right. and and he also he's laying there and he's got his arms kind of up like they had them in the hugging circle, mm. the way he's positioned. I didn't in the even bed. notice that. I didn't even notice yeah. that. And he just kind of, and he just like kind of realizes that's how he's positioned, and he's like, right, "I'm just gonna go with it." Lays down and goes back to sleep. So the hugging thing might have worked a little bit, oh, maybe. That oh, I know. I didn't even notice that. Oh, that makes me sad. Poor Otis. Can you imagine that how many hours that, because obviously Shia LaBeouf learned to be a juggler from his dad and juggled all through childhood, that probably him and Lucas Hedges had to practice that, you know? I, I can't imagine anybody else would have taught it to him. I mean, they're on the same set when they practice, like, unless Lucas came in like a juggling savant. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, they're both really, really good at it. And the, like the scene where Shia LaBeouf and... Um... And uh, Noah Jupiter going like back and forth, like kind of tossing them in between each other. I was yeah. like super impressed by that. Yeah, him. I mean, yeah, obviously him too. So yeah, they. I wonder if they all just had like a big 
juggling circle. <laughs> but, okay. We see a little bit of young Otis. We're back to young Otis. And he's stealing from craft services because he's probably hungry. And there's no food at that motel. He gets yep. a per diem, like a $100 per diem. And his dad uses it. And he's buying cigarettes and probably whatever. And he's not seeing any of that. And that's kind of interspersed with that you see dad tending to his pot plants and the the city is sprinkling that area where he plot, planted them <sighs> pot. <laughs> i just wanted to say pot so many times but we come to what i think is most the most powerful moment of this movie like not even powerful not the right word it's just uh this it was, just gutted me it just gutted it's me it's hard it, to watch hard yeah. to watch we're in the motel room and the phone's ringing and it's uh otis's mom and he's talking to her, you hi, Mom, and guess what? The exec from, which we're going to say from Disney, came in and, and offered me a movie of the week, and he wants to me be in it, but they're taping it in Vancouver. And all we're hearing is Mom's, like, conversation through the phone. It's Natasha Leggero, is that her last name? The girl from right. Orange, is the, Orange is the New Black, she's the voice of Mom. Uh, oh, I got nothing, I've never seen that show. Oh, okay. Um. Anyways, she was in that, what's that called? Russian Doll Show that was on Netflix, too. Oh, wasn't she in American Pie? She was. Yeah, the redhead. Yeah, okay. Yep. I got you. Yep. I don't think that's, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's her last name. Anyways. I don't know. But back to the scene. We're only hearing mom's voice through the phone. And while Otis has it up to his ear, you can hear her say, well, can your dad leave the country? And it's because of, we find out that his dad has a record. Poor Otis is now in the go-between because you can hear mom through the phone and dad James is screaming back at her through Otis. Dad doesn't want to get on the phone and mom doesn't really want to talk to him. But they're just saying horrible things to each other through Otis. And then you hear young Otis say, what? You want me to say what? Okay. And say it word for word? Okay. Okay. And then he just gives this speech to his dad that the, the mom is saying is, I have long ago forgiven you, James, but I am not the one who had to jump out of a moving car so you didn't rape me. And then that James starts screaming, every fucking time. Cut back to Otis saying, you were the biggest love of my life. Do you know what I went through? And just hearing these horrible words come out of this little boy's mouth, these hor- I mean, this conversation, this horrible conversation between a, a used-to-be couple through their child is just awful. And we find out that dad went to prison for rape or attempted rape, and dad grabs a phone, and he just starts screaming at mom, and Otis goes outside to throw bricks at cars because he is just <laughs> so overwhelmed with anger and emotion and this shitty, shitty life. He's playing this kid that's got everything on the Disney Channel. And meanwhile, his life at home is awful. And dad runs out and goes to a meeting. Well, which, you know, thank God for small favors for that. But So Otis is, yeah, throwing bricks or blocks or whatever at the windshield of a car. Then he's laying on the hood of another car smoking. And Shy Girl is sitting by the pool. And he walks up to her and I think that she can tell that he's having a rough time. She hugs him. And during this scene, we are cutting back and forth between Otis with shy girl and James at his meeting at the meeting. James is talking about his alcoholic abusive mother and all the drama that surrounded her. When she died, he joined the army. When he got out, he just spiraled, started doing cocaine and drinking every day, all day. Then he says, one day I blacked out and woke up a sex offender. He says he didn't rape her, but did enough to get her to jump out of a moving car. So he's referring 
back to what Otis's mom had brought up during that screaming phone call. And he went to jail for over three years for that. He says when he was in jail, he learned how to use his story to help other people. He realized he needed to step up, be a father, and cut back to Otis in the room with Shy Girl, and they're just goofing around. Then back to James, he's talking about how hard he's trying, but how much pain he's in. Then we're back to Shy Girl and Otis, and she's kissing a 12-year-old, and I can't even. And then they end up laying in bed fully clothed Mm -hmm. in each other's arms. Well, he might not have a shirt on because he doesn't have a shirt on a lot of the time. But anyway, he gets up and takes some money from the side table drawer and puts it in her hands and then gets up. So I I don't know. They're maybe both trying to help each other. Maybe if she went back to whoever her pimp slash madam head bitch in charge without money, then they'd be like, you know, we don't work for free type deal. So I thought it was more either he doesn't get how sex works or thinks it's just expected to pay her that yeah, she spent that's time true. with that's him. True. And he is just so desperately in need of someone to love and care about him that he's just like, oh, okay, well, you loved on me for a little bit. That means I pay you, right? Oh, maybe because that's what he does with his dad, right? right. Like his he dad pays his dad gives to him love some him. attention, gives him some money, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, James is saying in the AA is that when he was 12, his mom decided she was a lesbian and her partner was an alcoholic who beat him. And then his mother fell out of a window and landed on a freeway. And I don't know how that happens, but I think obviously her partner shoved her out a window and killed her. Maybe they lived right next to a freeway. Something or they were driving over a freeway. I don't know, but. Oh yeah, maybe. Anywho, we go back to older current day Otis at rehab and he's walking in the woods and this scene is just this juxtaposition they flash back between current day Otis and young Otis who's just exploring his world he's kind of just walking around and present day Otis is just has all this pent-up frustration and rage and he screams in rage and then it flashes to young Otis who is just whooping and and you know cheer and like not happy cheering he's just kind of woo and old Otis is just screaming his guts out there in the middle of the woods and just the way that those two go together of, I think that Otis never got to grow up or he had to grow up so fast and it's just broke my heart. But we flash to this next little bit is that dad and Otis are on set of wherever he's at, whatever show he's on now, and they're playing gin in his trailer and Otis is winning and he ends up winning and he, and he's like, well, dad's mad. You, you won because you lied. You lied. And he's like, you lie for a living, you poop butt. And Otis says, we all do. And dad says, I don't, I don't lie. And Otis says, then why won't you hold my hand? And dad says, I don't want people to think I'm a chicken hawk. Deal the cards. And this walks out of the trailer. And I was like, oh, they think he's got that in him that I'm a sex offender. Somebody sees me holding this little boy's hand. They're going to assume, even though he's my child, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh. which I don't know. I wouldn't put it past dad because he's just got all sorts of issues, but it broke my heart for poor little Otis. So back in 2005, Otis goes into the counselor's office and he's like, hey, I just want to tell you how much, you know, yelling in the woods. That was great. It was fun. Good times. And he's 
asking Otis, okay, are you being sincere right now or are you mocking me? And Otis says both. And for some reason, I didn't quite get why Otis just all of a sudden gets really pissed off for some reason and walks out. Was there a reasoning behind that slamming of the door? Um, I think, well, because he says, are you acting right now? And Otis says, we act all the time. Oh, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. all act all the time. And then he sa- and then the therapist guy, I think his name is Alex, according to IMDb. Alec. Or Alec, yeah. And he says, I'm not going anywhere. You're not going to wear me out. And Otis is like, I'm not trying you. I'm not trying to. And, it, and Alex says, well, I see you. And that's, I think, what triggers him and he has to go out there and slam the damn door because he's like there's someone that sees me there's someone that's going to be here for me that's too much i've never had that i don't want it okay okay so okay that makes sense so he slams the door and walks out and alec comes out and asks him do you know how to close the door gently and otis says you pull with one hand you push with the other and then he continues walking down the stairs so we're back with the female counselor and he is telling her that his dad isn't the reason he drinks he's the reason he works his dad takes credit for everything even the stuff he talks about at aa aren't his stories and the counselor again wants him start writing start writing this stuff down otis and Otis has this thing that he does periodically where he pulls the collar of his shirt up like he's trying to hide his face. And that stood out to me because young Otis rarely ever wore a shirt. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like when he was younger, he didn't feel like he had a reason to hide. But as he gets as he has gotten older now, he he uses that the collar of his shirt to like as a barrier between him and things he doesn't want to deal with. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. He doesn't want to write because he's afraid when he starts writing, all those things he's pressed down Mm -hmm. will come up. And I so get that. I get there. I'm right there with you, Otis. There's things that I don't want to write about because it's just too much. Next, a little bit as we see present day Otis is walking through the, the hotel parking lot and he goes up to their hotel room and there's a radio in there and it's playing, but it's playing him as his younger self and dad fighting. Dad is running him through through lines and we're just going to keep going until you make me laugh. Then all of a sudden dad is talking to present day Otis and he says, they were going to put me away for good. Otis says to dad, you take over when I drink. And dad says, oh really? Your dick get bigger when you drink too, Peckerwood? He's saying, it's not my fault. I don't take over when you drink. Mm-mm. But then we get these little flashes of Otis sitting next to a clean urine sample and he's writing and he's just finally sitting in all these feelings and they're intercut with young Otis smoking and dad tending to his pot plants. Just those just flashing back and forth all these little scenes together. So we are back on set and dad comes storming in and Otis is performing. He's in the middle of doing a scene and dad is yelling at, I don't know, whoever, the producer, the somebody over it. And he's saying, you're over child labor laws. Let's go. You said you were going to be done. He could be out of costume 10 minutes ago. It's going to take another 20 to get him out of costume when he was supposed to be done 30 minutes ago. And really, it's just dad wants to go home. He's a sick of Otis getting all this attention. He just wants to get out of there. So they go home and they are practicing running the scene and... Dad is drilling him, telling him, you know, you need to flare your nostrils, you need to do this. And Otis is like, well, that's not funny. 
making funny faces isn't funny. And dad says, well, they want to see funny faces, Otis. And we realize it's midnight. And you know, he has these early calls, four and 6 a.m. sometimes for these early calls. And then outside we hear that there's, there's laughing and hollering from the prostitutes and all their friends outside. Dad starts screaming at him. Well, some of us got to work around here. Not you, James. You don't have a job. Who Who is working around? And poor Otis is sitting there and he's sucking his fingers. And I was like, oh, he's just a baby. And here comes the head bitch in charge lady comes up to the door and she's like, listen, you knew it was a spot when you moved in here. So he knew that it was like the hoe row when they moved in. Right. And I I don't know if it's just that he wanted to save money by living there so he could have more money to spend more money to spend on what he wanted to spend on. Was it hard to find a place to live when they moved out there? I'm so confused, but well, who's reporting you for letting your child smoke, you know, and True. for being a shithead father if you're living at a place like that too. Yeah. Then dad's like, we're going to keep going until you make me laugh. Just go, we're going to keep going. Oh, just like, no, I'm going to keep going. If you give me a cigarette, just give me a cigarette. No, nope, we're going to keep going until you make me laugh. Give me a cigarette. And dad throws a lit cigarette at him and hits him in the head with it. So it like burns his hair and then walks away and says, you'll pay for it if it burns a hole in the carpet. Like, Otis pays for everything. Yeah. And I think this is all part of the same thing. As Otis says, I'm doing you a favor by paying you to be my chaperone. You work for me. I'm your boss. And dad's like, no, don't say one more word. And then Otis is like, I want you to be here, dad. You have good instincts. And Dad's like, I have rodeo clown instincts, and I like pussy too much. <laughs> and then Otto says, you could have been something if you started young like me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I could be a champion pie fighter like you. And Otto starts crying. He's like, wait, face Otis, don't cry in front of me. And I was like, he's 12. A dick. He's 12. He's just a little boy. Well, and that was the conversation that we had heard in the dream right. or the memory right. from the scene before where he's telling him, I'm doing you a favor by giving you a job. No one else is going to hire a felon. Right, 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 right. So we're on another set with Otis and he's sitting at a dining room table with someone who's playing his father. It's a very moving scene between father and son. You can tell that it really affects Otis because that is so far removed from the relationship that he has with his father. That night, James is watching the scene inside of the room and Otis is standing outside the door and he says that dad i need to tell you some things he's about to release all of this pent-up emotion and things that he's had on, on his chest but the catch is is that his dad can't really hear him he's he wants to say them to him so bad but i think he's just scared to death and he says i've been waiting for you to act like a real dad i imagine you telling me that you love me just like you know that tv dad did and Eventually, Otis comes into the room. James can tell he's been crying. And Otis says, it's about Tom. He, he got, he still got our passports in order, even though you, quote, threatened to face fuck his whole family. And I can't lie. I laughed. <laughs> I, I laughed. He says, you're a sex offender. He's a federal employee. Otis has had enough. He tells James, you shut up. I want you to promise to be a better dad. That's, that's all he wants. Yeah. He just wants a better dad and james says you know what you're right you deserve a better father um i'm gonna try harder but instead he just smacks the shit out of him and then rides away on his motorcycle yeah he says i'm gonna be a better father 
on lesson number one, you can hit your boss once, slaps him. You can hit him twice, slaps yeah. him. Don't ever talk to me like that. I was like, oh. And then poor Otis is crying and wandering through the motel parking lot. And then we go back to modern date Otis, who is reading this. And this is a scene that he just wrote in this in his therapy journal movie that he's he's writing about. And he just starts breaking down. And therapist lady says, what number are you at? Because numbers keeps him grounded. How high your stress level are you? And he's like... Well, she says that we need to track your progress for court, too. Right. And he says, I'm in the 80. And she's like, okay, let's bring it down. Name four things in this room. And he he name, starts naming things. And he says, you think you're smart because you got me to act for you? I've been doing this my entire fucking life. I would know if it works. And she's like, okay, well, then name one more thing. He's And he just stops for a second. He's like, you. It's the only real things in the room. Real thing. I mean, she's real to him. And then this broke me because he says, the only thing my father gave me that was of any value was pain. And you want to take that away. Because that's what he uses when he acts. And then the therapist replies, can I? And oh. Yeah. And I loved that part because she asked it like, not can I like, is it possible for me to, but can I like, will you let me? Yeah, please. Can I do this for you? Can I take this away from you? (laughs) Oh, oh, I love that part. I love that. Oh, killed me. I got tears in my eyes right now. Just, oh, so hard. Oh, my God. I know. So back in 1995, and Shy Girl and Otis are hanging out again, and Otis's father is walking into a bar slash strip joint. He pays some chick for some drugs, goes into the bathroom, and gets fucked up. Meanwhile, Shy Girl and Otis, they're goofing around. This is such a cute scene. They're just, they're just kind of like pretending to throw a ball at each other. And then she pretends to throw a ball at at, uh, Otis and he acts like it hit him in the head and he flops out on the ground. It's so cute. And then she revives him and they go for a swim. Meanwhile, James is tripping balls, half conscious over at the bar. He comes back in the morning and Shy Girl and Otis are, again, fully clothed in the bed. They jump up and try to act casual. James is still so messed up, he can hardly even unlock the door. Right. And James says, you fucked my son. She says, no, you fuck your son. I love that. She was, she was just like, no, you are the fuck up around here. And he tells her to leave, but she bitch slaps him, mm-hmm. pushes him down, and bolts. I was like, yeah, girl. And Otis is... Like, well, I love her. <laughs> to which James replies by puking in the toilet. Love buys diapers. I said, shit, isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Otis says, she holds my hand. You slap me in the face. Uh, James just says, I don't want to be here anymore. You made it. I couldn't. None of this is real. The only thing that lives on is stories and fables and dreams. You get stories every week in an envelope. You don't need me for these stories. You make up your own stories. And then this is a part from the trailer that like hooked me immediately. He says, how do you think it feels for me to have my son talk to me the way that you talk to me? Have my son paying me? How do you think that feels? And Oda says, you wouldn't be here if I didn't pay you. Can you imagine how hard this was, this scene for Shia to do? Yes, I know. To have that to have that conversation with your dad as your dad? Ugh. 
Oh, this this whole every scene, like I mean, where he slaps Otis, it just makes him do the push-ups, and I, it's just like reliving it all over again. But obviously, that is what he needed to do. But I think at this moment, they realize who they are to the other person. Otis knows that James basically is just there for a meal ticket. And James knows that basically Otis just needs him to drive him back and forth to set. Like, they don't have a father-son relationship. It's very much a business relationship. He just needs a chaperone. He needs a chaperone yeah. to be there. Yeah. He, he's 12. He can't. He, he legally can't do this without someone there. Yeah. Uh, James starts crying. They both light up a cigarette. And James says he wants to make a trade. Otis stops putting him down bringing up the past and he'll teach him what he knows otis agrees and they pinky swear so you know it's legit yeah we get the scene of james saying to otis i'm growing son and i were like oh he's growing as a person no i'm growing marijuana on the side of the freeway otis says you know what if they catch you and he's like they're growing it for me they're they're tending it for me they're they're watering it and he says i can sell this and we'll build a treehouse on the moon and Otis is like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then you get dad who says, you know, we come from a long line of alcoholic son. A long line of good people who were hurting and didn't know what to do, so they drank a lot. Every single one of us has got a grudge. Someone that fucked us over. You got to lay that grudge down or it'll kill you. Ugh. The one smart thing he said. Well, and he also said, I don't know if it's right at this part, but he says a seed has to totally yeah. destroy itself to become a flower. I love that. Yeah. That, I love that. Where he's, yeah. And he's because he, that's when dad is showing Otis how to smoke pot. And he says, you know, a seed has to destroy itself to become a flower. That's a violent act, honey boy. Intermixed with this is that we see present day Otis following this chicken through L.A. And it gets to the hotel and the door opens and his dad's walked out as a clown and he's doing mime. He's miming to him. So present day Otis walks up and he hugs the clown. The dad says, nobody's mad at me anymore. That's all I ever wanted. You'll get there too, honey boy. And Otis says, I'm going to make a movie about you. And dad says, well, make me look good, honey boy. <laughs> and then they, they cut to Otis gets on the motorcycle and this time he's driving and clown dad gets on the back and he's holding on to him the way young Otis used to hold on to his dad, holding on so tight, like so much love. And then you, it flashes a little bit and you see Otis is alone on his bike. Just driving off. The end. The end. I was going to say that last thing confused me because I couldn't tell if it was a dream or if it was real. It, I th- it, was, a, it uh, was a dream, but I think the conversation was real because okay. um, from what I've looked up, because at, at the end of the movie, which is really kind of nice, is over, over the credits, they... They play real. They put real pictures of Shia yeah. and his dad, and his dad dressed as a rodeo clown. What I looked up is that real dad, whose name is Jeffrey, I believe, was accused of sexual harassment of an actress on the Even Steven set, and assaulting a gay Disney executive who had given Shia a congratulatory hug. So he assaulted him, and then wow, Shia spoke to his dad for the first time in seven years. After this court-mandated head camp, if he didn't go to this, what he calls head camp, he had, was facing seven years in jail. So I think, you know, he's, he wrote this story in rehab, in therapy, and then went to his dad and said, listen, gotcha. I'm writing this story. Nobody's mad at me anymore. You know, that's all I ever wanted. Yeah. His dad's a trip. I mean, if you Google that, ask, because, whew. 
Yeah. Oh, Shia. It makes me love him more. I've li- I've, I know. I like. I, I always liked him. I always liked him. Yeah, and this just made it made me love him even more. But it's so hard. Like one of our favorite movies is to watch is Holes, and to think how young he was in that movie and all this crap yes. had to be going on in the background. You know. Oh gosh, you're right. And, I mean, and even Stevens, obviously, who's even younger than that, and he had a couple like other Disney movies and. But to think that, you know, he's just a young kid and all this shit's going on in the background. And I'm surprised he was able to climb out of it because now he seems to be doing really well and he's yeah. clean and you go, Shia. You go, Shia. I'm proud of you. Let's, uh, okay, forget Matt Bomer. Let's start a Shia LaBeouf fan We can club. have both. We can have both. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, tell us what you thought. Of Honey Boy, did you love it or did you love it? Because that's those are your two options. I'm sorry. It's hard. It's n- it's hard one to get through. I'm, but it's it's a short movie. It's only an hour and a half. Yeah. And yeah. you can get. I mean, indie movies. I'm a big huge fan of indie movies. They're like Same. my favorite thing to watch. And they're usually shorter, which is great. But they're usually so heavy. There's so much that's really heavy stuff in there. So this one's hard. I understand if you can't get through it. It's a lot. Especially if this has got triggering stuff in you in it for you. So. Yeah, true, true. But please watch because it's good. It's so good. It needs more it attention. Very good. It is good. So next time we got to do something that's like really, really goofy. Yeah. Or, or really, really bad that we can just tear it apart because it's your pick next. Yeah, I'm going to look around and oh, I'm going to look up as soon as we get done here. I'll we'll look and see. I'm going to tell you now, it's going to be probably something in the Amazon Hulu vein. Okay. So thanks for joining us today. And we hope that you, if, if you couldn't make it through the movie, you made it through the podcast. And if you could rate and review us on Apple iTunes, if that's where you're listening to us. Otherwise, if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast elsewhere if you could find us on instagram at that's so original podcast and say hi that would be great and you can find us over on facebook too we have a facebook page just search that's so original podcast and um, leave us a like or a comment that would be fabulous too and tell everyone you know that you love us and Check out some of our other episodes that we've done. I still want to yeah. know if you're Team Tiffany or Team Kelly from the half of it. Let me know. Look here. I listened to episode eight of The Center the other day yeah. just because I didn't have anything else downloaded. That episode is hilarious. Good. So good. if you listen to none of those, just go back and listen to that last one. Some good stuff. And we will be talking around your head and ear area next time. Woo-hoo. Bye.